Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. I just had to do it twice, that's all. Oh. Don't you worry about it. It puts the podcast on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Don't you worry your pretty little head about the fact that I had to start the podcast twice. Don't you worry about that. It's all right. It's all right. Do you hear what I said, though? Uh Huh? No. It puts the podcast on its skin. Nah, or else it gets one. the hope. Better not. Huh? 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 You know, Pete's holding up a mug that has a gun as the handle. You know who has that very same self mug? David Thompson of Newbury Church Planning. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I'll be up in Oregon in uh, about a week. This was a, uh, this was a gift from, I believe, Travis Sinks. Oh. Hunter in Florida. Oh. And uh, Jedi Knight and friend of the, uh, the Rebellion. Hey, so when are you going to see the movie? Tonight. Oh, wow. Okay, Luke, so all Luke I want is I a, got tickets. Luke and I got tickets. All I want is a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Dude, the reviews have not been good. I hear that, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, If they can't go back and fix what was done wrong before, it's unsalvageable. Yeah. So my predictions... I just want, for the fresh audience here, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. First half is Smack Talk. Second half is, well, you be the judge of whether or not it's church planning goodness, but uh, that's the thought behind this anyways. But my predictions for the movie, and I know that Disney is not thinking this cool at all. Remember, Ray and Kylo, twins, separated at birth, Luke's kids, and he had them with Mara Jade. Hand of the Emperor, they bring the Emperor back. The Emperor was Snoke as a hologram projection, much like Luke, right? They told us Snoke was a hologram the whole time we saw him until he was finally real, quote unquote, 
but he was a hologram. And the rise of Skywalker is Ray and Kylo. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Those, those are my predictions. Um, Darth Maul will make an appearance again. What? Darth Maul? Yeah. He's already, he, he's back. Remember in Solo, how he comes back? Dude, but that was a, a movie. I mean, that was like decades ago. I Darth know. Darth Maul would have that, to be really old. But think about it. We're only talking like 40 years later, right? Which is the same distance between. As the someone who is and solo. Uh, uh, slightly older than 40 years old, I'm telling you, 40 years is a long time. Oh, don't I feel it? 40 years ago, I was six. Wait, you're 46? Okay, sorry. That took me way too long to do that math in my head. Uh, you know what? I live with a 10-year-old. I'm used to doing this kind of math. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Luke and I got tickets for the uh, 615 showing. We'll be showing up there. We'll be watching the movie. And uh, he's going to be excited no matter what. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the magic of it. And going back to the prequels, right? Wasn't that Lucas's whole thing that he was like, I didn't make it for you adults that were kids then. I made it for kids today, like you were, which is a great way of explaining your way out of a bad movie if you make it. But uh, but I get that. You know, I, I think that's if if that's really what he did, that's commendable. But these films were made for adults, but they feel like they're made for kids. Or at least Last Jedi. So let's see how it goes tonight. Last know. prediction. Baby Yoda. I piece something together. Got my tinfoil hat on. The Emperor wanted Baby Yoda to take the midichlorians because he needed that to rebuild his decrepit body. That's... Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to well, that. Well, well, think about it, right? Like that Empire guy in The Mandalorian, he wants Baby Yoda. He says he has to deliver him. Who's he delivering him to? After the Empire's crumbled, who's he working for? He's working for the Emperor. I don't right? even know when that The Mandalorian is supposed to take place. Uh, after, okay, between Jedi and uh, whatever Ray's movie was. The rise of the force. Yeah. All I can say is I don't give a rip. Like yeah. the Mandalorian is such a bad show. I have not seen this week's truly. That, awful. that shows you how it's wearing off. for Well, me you know, too. a new one came out yesterday. Oh yeah. I heard that midweek. So I got two to catch up on. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch them. I just didn't. I mean, it, it just keeps getting worse and worse. I only hey, watched first couple episodes. Yeah, first couple episodes, like drop everything when it nope. comes out and watch it. It's not nope. anymore. No, nope. it never was even then. It was stupid. Yeah, yeah it is for it me now. And, you know, we got our own uh, Barry who did uh, a recut of The Last Jedi. And uh, I'm sure he did a great job. But I'm like, dude, I couldn't stand it the first time. I'm not watching two hours and 40 minutes of your recut. So I commend Barry on this. He uh, I, he has assured I me. I can't imagine the amount of time that he had to spend on that. But there's no way I could watch it. There's no way it was horrible the first time. Well, I think if you cut maybe half of it out, you might have a decent film. It's not though. It's still two hours and forty minutes. Really? Yeah, because he sent me the link, and I'm like, dude, two. I, first, I thought it was like two minutes and forty seconds. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll watch this. Oh yeah, yeah. He did a little three minute movie, and then I'm like. What is going on? And then I realized, no, two hours. Okay. Besides all of it, what would you cut out? Well, all of it. 
<laughs> I think you had it right the first time. Yeah. I, well, I knew that was, that's why I preface that. But, uh, to me, so I watched Barry's thing and, and I, I can't judge. No, no, no. I watched it up until the point where he did not throw the lightsaber away. And then I was like, throw what lightsaber Luke, away? at the beginning where Luke throws a lightsaber over his back. When that didn't happen, I was like, okay. And, and you know, I'm a little repartee between Barry and myself and, uh, which ended me telling him to kiss my hiney. But, uh, but the, you know, anyways, that's, that's my wicked sense of humor. But Barry, uh, Barry was like, hey, hey, it was really hard to cut that out. I tried. So there's a guy in South America. I don't understand. Who, what are you talking about? What, what was hard to cut out? So Ray hands him the lightsaber, right? right. Remember, he takes it and he yeah. looks at it and then he throws it over his shoulder. Right. To me, that scene ruins the entire movie. I can't take the movie serious. If, no. it just, if you could just show him grab it, and hold on to it. And then he walks away. Like you could imply that he gave it back to Ray. Ray has it later. It doesn't matter who's holding it when he walks away. The point is he can't throw it, right? Him storming off says it all right there. Like he's upset, right? But he can't just chuck it over the, that was clearly contrived and done for the fans. There's no way he's just going to throw that over his shoulder. He gave it to R2-D2, right? R2-D2 or, or whoever it is. It's no. in that chest. The orange chick has it. You know what? I no, hate that's her. the lightsaber from his hand getting cut off. He didn't have that lightsaber. Oh, so who had that, light, that lightsaber? That was when he fought Darth Vader in Empire. Oh, and his hand gets cut off. Oh, dude, he I never put two and two together. After that. You're right. How have I never understood that until just now? Well, that's why she's like, well, how I got it. You know, it's a story for another day. Or okay. Whatever. So that was really dumb, too. You can't do that, right? You need to tell it right then. We went up inside the trash compactor. Yeah. You know, I mean, anyways, I'm I'm ruining this podcast already. That's what I do. Well, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm going to go see the movie. It's going to be what it's going to be. But when, when Luke goes, Dad, that was amazing. You go, yeah, boy, it was, right? Like, you're not going to crap on his Dude, I don't experience. Know. Tough, man. I hate lying to my kids. I know. I know. But it's for a good cause. It's for Star Wars. Is it? It's a righteous lie, Pete. Is it? It's like, well, you know, Rahab and, and the spies. I guess, man. I guess. For a good cause. For a good cause. We'll see. We'll see. We will see indeed. Yeah. Yeah. What else is new, man? For me, the book. I checked out 51 books at Point Loma Nazarene University yesterday. They had to override. They go, oh, there's a 10-book limit. And uh, so they had to get the big guns. Big guns came out and said, you have 51 books here. Did you count them? No. Okay. We need 51 books back because we're totally breaking the rules right now. And uh, you need to bring those back or we're in big trouble. So, How dude, do you even get a, a library card for a school you don't, you don't go to? Well, you, you can have what's called a community library card. So you can check books out. The, the rule was when I asked, it says, as many as you can carry. Well, I had a guy with me. So I said, cool, we can carry a lot. And uh, anyways, they, um, yeah, the only thing I can't access is they have a, an amazing amount of like books that are out of print, but they're ebooks. Can't get those. And then the other one is um, all the journals online. Like when you're a student, you get subscription to like 
theological journal, you know, biblical studies journal. I can't get those. So I got to actually go and find the physical hard copies, which they don't often have. And how is this helping you with your book? Well, it's research. Isn't your it's book a textbook. independent? It's what do you mean? Entity? It is, but you got to kind of, you got to prove things in a textbook. So I can't say things like, uh, like I can't make assertions we all know are true without citing them in an academic book. So like, for example, John Wesley. John Wesley, the genius of his operation was he was a major organizer and strategist. You have to find a smart person that said it. Yeah, I would just say it. Yeah, oh, and I, I agree. I mean, the smart person that said it didn't have any credentials to back up what they said, but you have to back up certain assertions that you make. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and I'm sure I'm backing up the wrong ones. Does it I'm matter sure. that no one's going to read the textbook that you're doing? Everybody's going to read it. What? what are you talking about? This is the holy grail. That the oh. church has been waiting for. Oh. You, the, the legend of the Holy Grail is when Arthur drinks it, pieces restored to Old the land, he gets a strength New back. New Testament, Peyton's textbook. <laughs> no, blasphemy. Blasphemy, but, um, you know, every, every, every author imagines his book to be like the Holy Grail, right? Like you, you, you drink from a, a, a draught of this cup and your, your youth and vigor restored and the church goes back to its former days of glory like Camelot. All right, I'm going to take your yeah, word for it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to this end, we labor. <laughs> Anything uh, special planned for Christmas? Um, I'm going to open presents and dip into a stocking. I'm going to see Pete Mitchell on Christmas Day. Ooh, eh? Eh? Somebody eh? wants a gift. Eh? Somebody's going to get a present. Somebody wants a gift. I figure since you're, uh, you're doing your diet thing, Pepperidge Farm gift pack is off the table, right? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's where you get like the big giant sausages and blocks of processed cheese. Dude, all that processed and... meat? No, thank you. <laughs> that stuff's so nasty. I grew up, you know, my mom though, she used to like, and, and I loved this as a kid. My mom used to give us like, this sounds really weird, but like those processed meat, like they, they're like these sausage things, lollipops, meat lollipops. Like what's up with that? I know, right? And I was talking to my brother about it the other day and he's like, because my brother has this thing where Christmas, he doesn't care what happens as long as he gets to sit in a corner at some point, read comic books, and eat Slim Jims. I'm like, dude, that is so our upbringing. That's exactly what. And he's like, huh. And I'm like, dude, don't you remember? So that was kind of a cool little nostalgic moment. What are you going to do? You know, that's a good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure. You can open presents. Dude, I'm like looking at my lip. Is there like a little dark? I noticed right that. Here? I noticed you looking at yourself. Is there what? darkness right there like a freckle it's a shadow it's just a shadow dude oh yeah i do see a freckle do you have a freckle there i don't know yeah you do (laughs) okay uh podcast listeners right now pete is pulling the camera way up to his upper lip uh this podcast has gone to a new low if you're listening right now everyone to watch the zoom version of this on uh, our facebook page now's the time that i should put out there that hey if you want to Sponsor anything on the Church Planner podcast. <laughs> I love it. We've got openings, and it would fit nicely between Paul's little or uh, Pete's little freckle uh, in in his dimple, um, which he just discovered. Yeah, I know, um, man. Apparently, someone what can I someone say? doesn't study himself. In the, I thought you look in the mirror as an entrepreneur every day and go, "You're dark. You're you're smart enough. You're good enough. 
Good Gosh enough. darn it. People like you. People like you. Yeah, no, that's not what we do. Not at all. No, that's red. Thanks for thanks for reminding me of the fact that I don't do that every day. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going wrong. <laughs> With so, life. Hey, what's your uh what's your uh what's your piece on war then? What what else is going on, man? Man, uh you know, just getting ready to launch some uh some new stuff. Uh Wayne and I working on americasfitnessclub.com. Nice. And uh, we'll be launching that uh in the days after Christmas. Nice. Take advantage of the fact that everyone uh sets up new year's resolutions and uh you know, we're going to we're going to give them something else to spend some money on. Nice. Uh, you still want to hook up with that for free, guys? Too bad. Too late. <laughs> now you got to pay money. Lots of it. <laughs> um, that's great. See. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's about ready to get kicked off here. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just doing that and doing doing my usual stuff. I, I don't know, man. I can't really say I got a whole lot going on. It's that time of year, isn't it? I've been fighting a cold the last few days. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. I've got it, man. I've I've had a cold for days. Except I I got eight hours sleep last night. I went to bed at wow. like nine o'clock. Wow. Woke up at five. So I, wow. I don't. I normally get seven, six and a half, seven. But wow. you can't tell by my eyes. I mean, I look pretty dang tired. But uh, I feel good. Yeah. You know. But I still got sexy voice. I got that Barry White voice going. I can on tell it's right been a while on. since you've shaved your head. It has. Do you see that fuzz? I, let me tell you, I see the the script. Well, what I think is funny is Andrea like made a point to tell Jamie, yeah, Peyton promised me he would never shave his head. Or yeah, I lied. Like that. I lied. I was like, so, uh, well, apparently uh, someone's a little still upset that someone else is shaving <laughs> his head. <laughs> so uh, the other day, I I got up quickly and I I hit my head. On we have this cabinet where all of our Cat Five cables and internet and everything is since the remodel, and it's it's this weird like high tech looking plastic cabinet, and uh, I hit my head on it really hard coming up, and so I can't shave my head right now because it'll just literally just you can't razor a scab right. Yeah, like, no, sorry, it. that's gross, everybody. I'm sorry, no, but that's why I'm Shaggy Dog right now because it it would just do a mass amount of damage yeah. if I did that. So I got to, I got to pretend I'm a hippie and have that uh, one centimeter fuzz on my head. Jamie hates the stark white soul patch that I got. It is stark white. Do you, do you ever? So at which our is, age, which is what makes me grow it out all the more. I know. I know. Does that annoy you? Oh, well then I got to like go for the full, the full. That's hilarious. Soul patch. Ooh, it does make you look cool. Well, you know, so let me, for. Let me ask you, like, at our age, people dye their hair a lot. And I got to ask you, like, is that, is that like a thing that you've considered? Or is that the kind of thing where, like, I, I, I'm surprised, like, how many people around our age start dyeing their hair? Well, you got to understand, redheads can't do that. So you can't? No, because no one makes our red. <laughs> That's funny. It is true because your red has like, it, when you see someone with red hair, it's not just one color. There's like depths to it. Well, and most of the time when you see red hair, you can tell when someone's had their hair dyed red and it doesn't look. Doesn't look right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you got to do a brown and then put ginger highlights in it. My kids 
don't think I have red hair. They're like, no, your hair is brown. I'm like, kids, this is called red. Now, granted, it used to be redder when I was younger. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. But you could dye that piece. You could dye that piece like a brown. Is it, is it the color or is it the shape? I she don't like. Wanna, no, it's the color. That she claims it's the color. I kind of want to go like start black, just like have like this black, ooh, you know, soul patch right there. Yeah. Then you then then we'd have to call you Bone Daddy. You'd be like like Jazzman Pete. I don't know what that means, but okay. Me neither. All right. Katmandu Mitchell. That's what we call you. I did have to trim it back. Scat man. It was getting too. It was getting too wily, man. I had little. Little hairs going every which way. <laughs> nice. I well, mine does that all the time. I mean, mine is like a big full. Yeah, but see, you you actually, I mean, puberty actually hit you. I'm still waiting <laughs> on puberty to hit me because I can't grow like that. Yeah. If I could, yeah. I probably would have. Yeah. Oh, you look good with one of those. Yeah, but I can't. Good. Right now, it'd be stark white. You'd make a good Viking. I would. If you had That's that big Viking beard. Oh, you totally would, dude. And you get that snarl going, or you know. Did you uh, did you hear about the the Viking named Rudolph? And uh, and he was like telling his wife, he's like, "Hey, it's gonna rain tomorrow." And she goes, "How do you know?" And she he goes, "Because Rudolph the Red knows rain, dear." <laughs> oh no, that <laughs> is the ultimate. That's a complex dad joke right there. <laughs> Rudolph the Red. That was his name. Was Rudolph the Red knows. Reindeer. He knows rain, deer. Oh, nice. Now, where do you hear that from? You heard that from me. That's again. a meme, baby. Where do I wow. get all of my news? Facebook. Wow. That, that's true. That's true. It never fails every week. I see a meme. I'm, I'm about to tag you. And uh, although I did, I did tag you in one, the one where it showed the one football player looking at the other football player. And I was like, that's how Pete Mitchell looks at me. Yeah, I oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember who it was. I I don't know sports, but it was like find someone who looks at you like this football player looks yeah. at this football player, and uh, sure enough, the the ones getting interviewed and the other guys just he's just looking and smiling, but it looks funny. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, anyways, but uh, hey, a great ad floating around Facebook, and it's like it says something along the lines of all dogs do is sit around waiting all day for you to show up home, and they're like trying to sell like a little machine that you can like see your dog during the day and you can like give them treats and stuff, you know, via your phone. It just feeds them out a little cracker, kind of like on lost when they get the fish cracker out of the polar bear cage. And it reminded me of this, uh, this meme that was like, look, you know, the line that uh, every human year is seven years for a dog, right? You know, the, the whole dog years thing. And they're like, well, think about it. Think about that, that time frame. That means if you're gone away from your dog for eight hours, that's the equivalent of being gone for like 15 days. No wonder your dog is so excited when you get home at the end of the day. They've you been know, missing you for 15 days. I, I don't think that's true because then it's like I'm with them for like 15. I, I think time is the same to an animal. I think that's a myth. I think that's a whole dog years thing that we made up. I think you're missing the point of the story, but that just I am. Me. Their powers don't work on me. They're Jedi mind tricks. Just I'm go back and play them. with your tortoise. Okay. Oh, but she, if she's not dead, if I haven't killed her. Uh, thanks she's for still bringing missing. that up. Yeah. Oh, 
course. Well, she's missing all winter. That's normal, but she might have been missing before winter. We don't know. But that, you know, that's that's the struggle of every tortoise owner out there who knows my pain. Did they leave me? You know, we, we live the in gate. Close the <laughs> gate. Close the gate. Yeah. That's my infamous. Uh, do you still have that as my uh, my call sign when I call you? Little Close picture pop up. No, the little tortoise. He's trying to get in my office. I took this rad shot of him and he's like straining to get in. I sent you a picture. No. Oh, you used to have that as your picture when I call you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I have a Facebook picture of yours and. Maybe. And Maybe. My phone like sucks over the Facebook picture. Our old listeners will remember. So, hey, um, anyways, uh, should we get into today's topic? Uh, great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's Ooh. get down to the nitty-gritty. Or it puts the lotion on its skin. Or uh, No, that was wrong. It puts the podcast on its skin. No? Still not going to work? Okay. I'll just leave that one. Right. But you got to admit my chewing bubblegum one was all right. It was all right last week. I just figured maybe every, you know, Every every week, I come up with a new movie quote. Here, Could be my I'm going to look studious for this part of the podcast. Oh, nice. Okay, oh. Uh, now, Peyton, tell me a little bit about your insight. On- you know, it, it, it's funny. I do want to do a photo op for this textbook coming up. I want to do um, where, you know, my, my old book, right? You it's Indiana Jones. A black turtleneck and be doing like the side profile for the back cover of the book. No. You know what I want to do is I want to simulate. I want to simulate Indiana Jones from my old book because that was the theme and my new book simulate in the classroom. All right, Dr. Well, Jones. Let me know how it goes. In Indiana. Let me know how it goes. You know, it goes awesome in my head when I was in the shower the other day, I'm like, Oh, so, but you know, the world, the world has yet to see it. Yeah. So, okay. So today's topic is, you know, I, I always like to do this. Um, Towards the end of the year, and I, Pete, maybe you can help out with this because hey, don't yawn yet. Don't yawn. You're part of this. This time we're going to let Pete talk. In fact, we're going to make Pete talk, right? So, Pete, you got to talk. You, you got to be a part of this. So, at the end of your year, um, you, you got to take stock on everything that happened. That's my try. I should be muting on my end. And you Are need you to start. <laughs> you need to start planning ahead for what's coming. So uh, a a big part of that is, you know, what do we want to see this year? What are our goals? What's the vision God's given us? And what's happened this year? You know, I I do this every year. uh, Personally, I take stock. Um, I look at all the things that happen. I I have a a notebook I use that has all my goals in it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I get away and I pray about this and I, I spend some time with God and I, I would strongly urge for all of you guys um, not to allow just another year to bleed into the next. God put yearly cycles in place, right? We count the age of the earth that way. We count the age of our years that way. And, you know, God put cycles monthly, the lunar calendar, all the festivals were, it were based on the month, the months, the Hebrew months are based on the moon. Everyone else's is too. Because God clearly set up a system, a calendar system for us. So the, the, you know, the number of times earth revolves around the sun is one time in a calendar year. So we have got to look at that. We got 365 days in a year. 
So the question is, as you, and, you know, even things like a Sabbath year, you know, God, God had seven, you know, cycles of seven years. Um, and in the earth, it, during that time, you were meant to set people free. So there's this whole idea of taking stock at the end of a certain amount of years. And, um, and I think, uh, for each one of us, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up because Pete, I see, I see a thought brewing. So I'll shut up. What are you thinking? It puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, I have a name. Um, so anyways, uh, what about you, Pete? Like, what do you do at the end of the year? His name is Robert Paulson. You don't even know that movie, do <laughs> I you? I did that to you once before. You like, did, I and I didn't it. get it. His name is Robert Paulson. It'll come but back what to What he's me, saying though. is, in death, we have our name. Fight Club, baby, Fight Club. His name is Robert. Oh, Go that's the big Fight dude. Club it's again. me, loving it. It's been so long. I haven't watched a movie since like 2000. Dude, Fight Club was like... It's like 19, 20 years ago I watched that thing. That was a wonderful movie. It was a really good movie. I got to agree with you there. Meatloaf. So uh, what about you, Paul? Could, or, uh, Pete, why do I keep calling you Paul today? I, I My head's been stuck in Paul for like weeks now. What um? What about you, man? What What's your... Uh, what's your... Uh, I mean, do you... Every business has to take stock at the end of the year, right? But that's monetary. I'm not talking about monetary. But what about you? Like, how do you... How do you work out at the end of the year what do you, you know what do, you do well, to what close up at the end and start of the year again? is very similar to what what you were just talking about and that is not really looking at what did i accomplish so that's probably something that i should do um, but always looking at what do i want to accomplish over the next year i mean just like how everyone has new year's resolutions and all that other i mean i do the same thing just you know usually business related well, it's funny. You mentioned New Year's resolution. Like a lot of people rebel against that whole idea. I'm big on it. What? New Year's resolution? Yeah. Yeah. I'm big. Yeah. I don't know. I remember um, one New Year's resolution. I was like, I don't want to eat French fries that year. And I remember it was like <laughs> late March and someone was like, why aren't you eating French fries? And I'm like, well, it was my New Year's resolution. And the guy was like, what are you crazy? It's late March. No one keeps them that long. I'm like, well, that was my New Year's resolution. Uh, it- 2019, maybe? Well, I mean, hey, so when you started getting in shape, did you start that a year ago? No. Nope. What, what, was kind of the, what was kind of the catalyst for you? I mean, because you kept it quiet. I remember you keeping that quiet for a no, while. No, I wasn't keeping it quiet. I just... Well, I called you one day and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on the exercise bike or something like that. And I'm like, what? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I started working out. But that doesn't mean I was keeping it quiet. We well, were hiding it. I you just Facebook weren't talking it. about it yet. Upset? Are you, you upset were... that I didn't Facebook it? Hey, guys, I'm on the exercise <laughs> bike. Look at me. Woo-hoo. No, but you weren't really talking about it, though. Um, you, you were just kind of doing your thing. About. Well, and, that, and that's what I'm saying, you know. Uh, but what was kind of the what was the motivator for you? Like, wouldn't, how did that all come about? Well, I mean, I don't think there's an easy answer for that. I... Like we said on you know a number of podcasts ago, I don't think anyone's happy being out of shape and yeah. not healthy. And I just, you know, I, I mean, I think everybody wants to be in shape and to be healthy and all that that jazz. And so I just, uh, but there was, I mean, you you went for it, like you didn't just. But I like, didn't. I didn't. Like I just was like, okay, look, I'm going to start exercising. So I started off doing the cardio thing, and I started off. Did I lose you? Are you gone? No, I'm here. 
Just picking my nose. What? I did turn my video off so Why I could pick take my that nose. Off? That would have been great for our video. <laughs> it's precious. It's special. That's meant only for me. I have a cold, so you know it's what had. It's not pretty. That could have been a just a wonderful booger. Just wonderful. <laughs> not the screenshot you want to advertise this podcast with. Remember, we have openings. <laughs> sponsors, sponsors. Anyone would like to sponsor us? No, nah, so I mean, it was just like, well, I'm gonna start doing this stuff, and you know start having results and, and results always inspire you to keep going and doing more and, and things like that. I just, yeah. I was doing it the hard way. I was doing it the inefficient way. Right. And then, um, you know, a big change for me happened when I watched a, a documentary and I was like, wait a second, this is why I'm hungry all the time. You know, this is why I hit plateaus and I'm not losing any weight, even though I know I'm hardly eating anything and I'm exercising every day. And, and I was like, frustrated and and that had everything to do with uh what's called added sugars added sugars in our diet and we just don't realize all the processed food how much sugar they add to everything and um so when i cut all of that out that's when everything became easy and that's when everyone's like wow man you're losing weight because it became obvious like you couldn't not see it because you know, you start losing 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, right now down like almost 88 pounds. I mean, you're going to notice it, right? Right. You just, you're going to see it. So, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. So, so it, wasn't, it wasn't like a New Year's resolution. It was just a, you know, I'm, I want to, I, I want to get in shape. And then when you start seeing more and more results, then it's like, wow, well, this is cool. And then now it's like, it's just easy. Like now it's. Yeah. I get it. I understand the drill. I understand what, what makes you um, unhealthy, overweight. I understand what's going on on a biological level that I never understood right. before. And so now it's like, all right, well, you know, there are certain things I will do and certain things I won't do because, you know, I was talking about this with uh, Wayne on a, a podcast we were doing. When, when Thanksgiving happened, um, we went up to Bakersfield, which is where a lot of my extended family lives. And they were having this big get together and I'm literally looking around at everyone and there was like one fit person, maybe two fit people. Everyone else was overweight, bad health. And I remember thinking to myself, I have to get in shape because my genetics suck. Right. <laughs> look right. at my family. It's not like I can look at it and go, Oh, I come from good, good stock. No, right. I'm looking at everyone going, this is my future if I don't get my crap in order. And of right. course, you know, by Thanksgiving, I was well, you know, on the way, 70, 75 pounds down, something like that. Right. And, um, and I mean, so it was just like, okay, I, I have to be different in how I live and how I eat and how I treat myself. Right. So. No, that's good, man. And, you know, so for you, it was watching that documentary. And, and, and I think yeah. that what's kind of cool is that there's usually like some kind of, uh, you know, trigger or some kind of um, demarcation in, in, our, in our life where you suddenly you flick a switch. It, it normally isn't like a, an ease into it kind of thing because yep. we just keep putting it off. Yep. And, and, and to me, that's what the new year signifies. It's just a, a natural kind of hard stop to what you're doing before and, and a chance to begin again, 
because the earth begins again. Creation begins again. There's a cycle that, that goes, and, and it's kind of weirdly placed for us in, in our year. Like the new year could start at any time, right? Like it could be anywhere on that 12. You could Chinese New Year's, you know, partway through January, right? Um, it, 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 it doesn't matter where the new year, but there is a yearly cycle is my point. Like I said, it would be, it would make more sense if spring were like the beginning of the new year for us, you know, but, but for, for me personally, no, but instead we should do a new year right in the middle of winter. All right. That makes perfect <laughs> yeah. sense. Uh, sir. Uh, and, and I'd like to propose daylight savings time. Cause that makes a lot of sense too. Must've been the same guy. Exactly. <laughs> totally was. But, you know, so as you look at it, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, 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 to me, I just find it, I find it a tool. I found it, a, I find it a helpful tool. And, you know, it's funny because in the olden days, um, like a, we're, we're going to morph into your church because your church, you know, if you're planting a church, this is a great time to kind of relook at where you're going, like assess things. And we'll, we'll come back to that. But, um, you know, maybe make some resolutions, but the whole idea of like resolutions is very biblical. Well, no, 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 sorry, not biblical. It's very Christian. Let's put it that way. In, in church history, you have people like Jonathan Edwards. He's got, you know, just a buttload. I think it's like 70 odd resolutions that he made for his life. Right. Um, Wesley, uh, came up with resolutions for his circuit riders, what what he would call his assistants or his helpers or whatever. Um, they were kind of like his apostolic outriders. And, and he had resolutions that he set for them. He's like, hey, I need you guys to hold by these. So resolutions are, um, they're a kind of thing that, that the church has repeatedly done. And why not? Because after all, I mean, in the same way that you're looking at your fitness and you're going, hey, I want to be healthier. Um, wouldn't that kind of be a natural um, thing for a Christian that you like, for example, like here's, here's kind of the obvious one. If you're looking at porn, right. And you're, you're, you're trying to like plan a church and walk in the spirit and, you know, be a spiritual leader. Would it just kind of make sense that you would say, Hey, I don't want to look at porn anymore. Right. So uh, maybe starting January 1st or what, <laughs> I know this sounds really weird, right? Cause repentance is a daily thing. But wouldn't it make sense that you would kind of, you know, do whatever you had to do, kind of like Jesus says, you cut it off, but you say, look, I'm setting new goals, like setting goals, um, hating what's evil, clinging to what is good. This is like a daily rhythm for us. And, uh, you know, I want to I wanna grow more and more like Jesus every day that I'm alive. And I feel miserably at you know, particularly the positive stuff. Like, I think it's a lot easier to not do evil than it is to do good, personally. Um, but, you know, I would like to pray more, you know. Um, I Like, just not doing things. It's like you not eating something, right? Like, but it's doing the, the it's going that positive direction, like, like working out or, you know, taking the extra time and effort to eat the right stuff, right? Sure. <laughs> Well, that, like, that was that was the end of my contribution. Well, you know, I mean, but but honestly, like I can remember because um, I remember one year where you're like, dude, I'm just I'm I really got to read the Bible more. And remember, you were you were talking about it a little bit on the podcast a few years ago. 
where you would even bring up, and then that's when you told me I was wrong about um, who was it that Enoch didn't see the Enoch, and uh, you, we you got you, some funny stories of that Enoch guy. <laughs> He's like, no, I think you're wrong on this, but uh, but you were reading the Bible a lot more, and and I think you know for 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 those of us that aren't reading or praying, that's a big deal, right? Like if you're not reading or praying. Um, kind of starting in, in those Bible in a year plans. It's a great time to grab one of those. Sure. <laughs> Gosh. You suck, Mitchell. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, uh, preach it, Peyton. Way to go. An anecdote, a, uh, a little story, if you will, a little uh, uh, your personal experience, maybe. See, I think I do it to you, but sure. I'm now learning you do it to me. What? What are you talking about? You make me talk all this time, don't you, Pete? Well, I don't know what you want me to say. Go, you, go for it, brother. Well, just just spiritual, you know, uh, what I'm talking about, spiritual resolutions. Like, do you ever make those or do you not make those? You know, that's a great question, man. Do I ever make spiritual resolutions? Uh, ever? I'm sure I have. But... Kind of like you said, it's a daily thing because yeah. if it's an annual thing, most people, what is it, 21 days and you've given up your New Year's resolution. So I don't want that stuff to fall into that category. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. You know, and, and when you say that, that makes me immediately think of like going to the church. Like one of the things I used to do every year for the church plant was I would do, um, I would ask people, you know, I'd say, hey, no, a lot of you guys are new to giving. Um, yada, yada. And, you know, we're, we're not on a strict tithe system anymore, according to the Old Testament, yada, yada. But why not stretch yourself? You know, I, I would say that 10, if that was the Old Testament dispensation, the, the, you have 10% of your income. Why not have that just be a nice little marker of, you know, I think that's that's pretty reasonable. And when you actually brought it up, I think they worked out that it was something like 23% if you took in like then Passover and all that cost and some of the other stuff you had to do, some of the other fees, um, you know, uh, that they worked out, it was actually closer around 23% of people's income. But, you know, just having 10%, and I would tell people, look, I know you're, a lot of you guys are, um, you're, you're new to this and you know, your finances aren't in order, but why not this year make it a goal to increase your giving by 1% until it reaches 10%. Put yourself on a 10-year plan and say, you know, this year I'm going to give 1% of my income. If I make 10000 a, 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 a month, that's $100. Now, my math isn't so good, but I think I'm right on that, right, Pete? Um, it's $1,000 or $100 a month. And why not work up to 1000 a month, you know, like over the next 10 years? You know, just every year you bump up a percent. And normally people could handle that, you know, because you were, you were asking them to increase their giving. They could see where it was going. Um, everybody could probably give an extra hundred bucks. I mean, some people can't, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that was something very tangible for people. And so we would look at that. Then we would start a Bible through the year, maybe together, or we would talk to them about it. Um, I would always do a, a New Year's message. You know, usually people go to where Paul says, you know, um, not that I'm perfect or have been made complete, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind, I press on 
uh, and look, look towards what is ahead, right? The upward call, laying hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me, the upward call. So there's that idea of, you know, uh, where self-improvement is a huge thing right now in our culture. I mean, that's, that's the biz. If you really want to start speaking the language of the culture, talk about self-improvement. And of course, Paul comes in and says, hey, you know, bodily training, physical training is of some value. But he goes on to say, but spiritual training, you know, um, press yourself to godliness that holds value for this world and the world to come. So he's telling you put that same effort into um, what you're putting into your body, put that in your soul. And so you could, you could definitely start hitting on that. Um, I think one of the things we have to do as leaders is take a look and break it down in some of the categories. Like um, if you look at, you know, something like an Antioch church, um, I just picked up a book yesterday um, at this library. And of course <laughs> I'm up at the, the butt crack of dawn looking in these books and trying to figure stuff out. But listen to the, the there's a book. I, I haven't read it yet, but I looked at the table of contents and I was really impressed it's called the Antioch effect. Now, if you know this book and this leader's like had some scandal, don't, you know, don't, I don't know this thing. I don't know anything about this guy. But uh, anyways, these, these were the, uh, the things that he said were hallmarks of Antioch. Um, number one, supernatural power. So maybe walk through and say, you know, have we been walking in the supernatural power of God or we've been walking in the flesh as a church? Well, how would we up that? You know, are we, do we, do we pray? You know, do we, um, do we have times where we're waiting on God, waiting to hear his voice? Do we, do we have prophetic leadership? Do, are we open to the gifts? Like there's all these things that you could get away and start to take stock of and say, well, how do we, how do we grow in this area? You know, maybe I need to reach out to somebody who is more charismatic. You know, maybe I need to, to reach out across the aisle and talk to someone from a denomination or someone I know who walks in the, in the supernatural a little bit more than I do. Hey, you're picking your nose. That's awesome. You made me feel good just then. I, I actually was just rubbing this little see, nostril right here. <laughs> oh, you're itching. You're itching the interior of your of your nose. I I, I did that just for everyone <laughs> who's gonna watch this on Zoom. There you go, guys, right there. I was trying to see what a nose ring might feel like right there. So then the second thing that he's got is it says Christ exalting worship. Um, is your worship Christ exalting or is it like an emotional experience. That's one thing you could look at, you know, um, God connecting prayer is a third one. You know, are you guys just doing like the token prayer midway through the service or is there like an actual, um, time where you guys are regularly connecting, you know, are you praying in your small groups? How do you, how do you kind of improve the prayer life of individuals? I think for me, um, when I look at the church to me, the church isn't healthy in prayer if the individuals aren't growing in prayer. It doesn't matter what the church does when it's together. If the individuals aren't personally growing, that has to be the litmus test. So are we teaching our people to pray? Like the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, what about servant leaders? Um, do people want to serve? Is, is there, are, are we allowing people to serve? Are we allowing people to serve in their gifts are we letting people pursue their passions? Um, there's so many different things. Or, or is it the, the 2080 rule? Well, is that, is that what I read about? I mean, most leadership books tell you that's normal. But when I read about that in, 
the book of Acts, that doesn't seem to be the case. Seems to be body ministry. What about, um, he has kingdom family relationships. I don't know what he means by that, so I can't look at that. But maybe you're measuring your fellowship or are people building relationships um, with one another outside of church? Um, are they forming, you know, bonds, friendships? Um, number six, God-sized vision. Um, I think all of us kind of know what we want to do and what we want our church to do. But have you stood back and maybe like thought big thoughts like, what if we planted, you know, certain, certain churches think like I talked to a guy this week, um, been talking to a number of guys across the country that they have God-sized visions in order to accomplish their God-sized visions. Like I talked to one leader, he was like, for us to plant as many churches as we want to plant, we all had to get off full-time paid staff so we could pour this money into church planning. And so we're all bivocational. I mean, you know, that was that was massive. Maybe you don't want to have that conversation, but they had a God-sized vision and they were literally willing as a leadership to make huge sacrifices to reach that vision. It was a God-sized vision. I mean, he told me what their vision was and it was crazy. But, you know, when you see people investing like that, you're like, you're probably going to reach that. Um, Passion for the lost. Where's that at with my church? Do I have a passion for the lost? Am I burdened? If not, how do I grab that burden? How do I get that burden? Um, how, do, how, do I, how do I increase in that? All the people God has used greatly um, since the dawn of the church um, in, in Jerusalem at Pentecost, all of them have been burdened for lost people. You cannot uh, do work for God if you're not burdened for lost people. And then lastly, hey, hey, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Your screen disappeared. Oh, <laughs> what was going on there, Pete? <laughs> I knew it. I knew you had a booger. So anyways, the uh, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, everyone. Um, and then the, the, the last thing, I mean, I closed the book there. It was like we we're done. The maturation of believers. And that's not mastication, not chewing them up and spitting them out, but maturation. Um, are they becoming disciples who make disciples? Are they becoming leaders of leaders? And by the way, that's my litmus test is... Um, I don't believe, and I go into this in the new book coming up, um, I don't believe the elders have to be called. They're appointed, biblically. Um, Deacons are appointed. Elders are appointed. Apostles are called um, because you have to be called out to be sent out. But um, elders, you know, Paul just says, hey, find guys like this, find girls like that. Um, The reality is uh, I want every single one of the people in my church to be resemble the life of an elder or a deacon to meet all those qualifications. I want them to be able to lead others. And I think leadership is not something you have to be called to. I think it's something that comes when you have gone deeper and deeper into discipleship. We've even talked about that, that my theory is the more, you know, the people that become leaders are the people that were discipled well and, uh, and then start discipling others. So, so that's it. So those are some things. I'm not a leader in the church because I wasn't discipled well by my pastor. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not not now, but you know, I mean, you know, back Ever. when you were with me, you, Ever. You, be, you became a mighty podcaster before the Lord. Let's be honest. <laughs> like Nimrod, you know. If anything else, we re- we resemble Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter before the Lord, but surely we're mighty podcasters before the Lord. 
mighty podcasters. <laughs> well, it. you know, hey, all I know is we had that whole discussion about who's had the greatest influence on who, but uh, but yeah, I, I can't speak for where you're at now. I mean, I'm pretty sure since you left my care, you're a wreck, but <laughs> since I left your care, I never felt like I was under your care. That's funny. When was I ever under your tutelage? <laughs> So, hey, so that's my piece on war, guys. Take stock. I mean, there's just a, a healthy list of topics there for you to, to stop and look at your church. You know, that's, that's a book called The Antioch Effect. Can't recommend it because I haven't read it, but those are his criterions for, you know, hey, we've tried everything else. Why not go back to the book and look at Antioch? Because surely that's what Paul went out to reproduce. And I think he's on to something there. Yeah. So uh, anyways, well, hey, guys, um, what, one last thing. Uh, Pete, while you're um, busy trying to make a church like Antioch and doing all this soul searching and navel gazing, what? who's going to do your end of year tax giving? That's coming right up. You know, um, I'm going to reach out to quickbooks.com. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> nope, 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 not that one. Uh, simplifychurch.com, simplifychurch.com. And if you go there right now, they've got like a cool little Facebook group and they got all this kind of stuff they're promoting. They're starting to do courses and all kinds of cool things. So check them out at simplifychurch.com. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, guys, anyways, this has been the church planner podcast. Reminding you that if you want to go where nobody's going, you need to do uh, if you want to wait, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, this is ah, 2019 getting off to a bad close. You need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing and stop picking your nose. I was not picking my nose. I was talking to the audience there oh. in case we led them astray. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, guys, I won't be around for the next few weeks because, uh, I'll be on vacation, so I leave you in the very capable hands of Pete Mitchell. Uh, I made money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. <laughs> That's a one a spicy meatball. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Magazine.com.